0: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Well, he has trouble with the snap, and the ball is free! There goes Davis! Oh my God! Davis is going
0: to run it all the way back! This is Beeson's College Football Betting Podcast. Welcome in everyone! Another edition of the V Sin College Football Betting Podcast, and I'm about to start this podcast Matt's favorite way. Reminding everyone, rate, review, and subscribe. Why wouldn't you subscribe after Matt Humans was handing out winners like
1: candy on Halloween? Wow, that's a. Uh... That's a good line, Tim. Uh, You worked on your material last (laughs) week.
0: I was was working on that one all week. Eight and three for Matt Humans last week. I'll take a four and two week, but eight (laughs) and three for Mr. Humans, and no terrific week would be finished off without a win outright on the islands on pay per view. Because that is uh, what happens on uh, on Saturday night. So Matt, ready to rock and roll? Maybe not as a a sexy slate, but still,
1: uh, Tim. I'm going to follow up on. your analogy there and say last week was a treat this week's a trick <laughs> well hopefully we could
0: trick people into uh get trick these uh odds makers into into finding some winners uh we do still have one two three four five games between
1: ranked teams this week so There's not really appealing games I mean, a couple of the games are but it's gonna be hard for anything to uh compare to what we saw last saturday Tim. well and
0: you know, you go into games or weeks like last weekend where you have Alabama and Tennessee and you have USC and Utah, you have Oklahoma State and TCU. They're all there on paper saying, oh, this is going to be great. And then they all played out yeah. the way that they did. And especially when you know you took the points with Tennessee, both you and I were very fortunate to go money line as opposed to uh, laying the points with Utah. Sometimes it pays to go money line, as we talked about last week. Uh, here on the podcast, so that was a a bit fortunate. But, yeah, you know, as we head into this week, and we'll get into the games here in just a second, I mean, last weekend was one of those weekends where you just sit back, you and I and and our listeners, and say, God, it is so great to be a college football fan.
1: Well, that's the thing about college football that I like so much more than the NFL. The game started at 9 in the morning. The Hawaii game ends at, like, 11 o'clock at night. (laughs) Uh, Seriously, what more could you ask for? You got 14 hours of football and so many betting options on the board it's just uh even though i'm ha- right now i'm having a better nfl season than a college season uh, to me on the excitement level or interest level college is a 10 for me and the nfl is like a 6 well you know it's just, that's just the the college game and you and i feel the same way about college basketball yeah. it's, just, it's better uh, for betting purposes and uh, entertainment and there's it's no knock on you know a big NFL
0: game. Hell, the Chiefs and Bills was a fun game to watch, but did they storm the field in Kansas City? I know they lost. It's a bad example, but they storm the field, rip down goalposts, throw them into the
1: Tennessee River. Oh, I thought you were talking about the uh, Colorado game. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Shouts to Mike Sanford. What a win there. Mike Pritchard's squad won't go winless.
1: Is Mike Pritchard embarrassed by that? The Colorado improves to 1-5 and, and the fans storm the field? Hey, when you're a double-digit
0: uh, underdog and you find a way to win... You go ahead and storm the field against Cal. Is that the f- when was the last time Cal, a field was stormed when Cal lost a football game? Uh, maybe the Cal Stanford game. <laughs> yeah, when the band was on the field. All right, let's get to it, Matt. Let's get it rolling as we always do. The main course. And we head to Eugene, Oregon, the site of college game day. Not a night game. This game will be 3:30 Eastern on Fox. 12:30. Local time up there in Eugene, Oregon. We've got a top 10 showdown. UCLA visiting Oregon. No rest advantage because both of these teams, Matt, are coming off a bye. Very, very high total of 71 and a spread of six. Actually, some six and a halfs out there where we sit here at the Circus Sportsbook. It is six and a half. So, Matt, how are you attacking this Pac-12 showdown on Saturday afternoon?
1: Well, first I want to give a shout out to our buddy Stanford Steve Coglin at ESPN because uh, the total here is 70 and a half and he put out a play under and he pro- projected a score of UCLA 35, Oregon 34. So he's got a way under the total. <laughs> it's not even going to approach that. To- should be a very comfortable winner if you play that. Uh, I watched the game last year between these teams. I felt like UCLA should have won it. Uh, the Ducks did win it at the Rose Bowl 34 to 31, but Uh, These offenses are playing at such a high level right now. I don't see how this game is not a shootout. Now, the one thing I don't like is both teams had a bye Mm -hmm. last week. And when offenses are clicking like that in rhythm, Tim, you really don't want a week off, right? So that might might be one negative to the handicap here. But uh, I am playing UCLA. I have not played it yet because I wanted to see if the number is going to go to seven. I think right now at Circus Sports as we sit here, on a Thursday afternoon, the number is six and a half, but it's six at a lot of other spots. You never know. This number might. I might have an opportunity to grab seven with UCLA, or I could buy it up to seven tomorrow if I feel like doing that, but uh, I like the i like the Bruins here, and uh, Chip Kelly has yet to beat Oregon since he's been at UCLA. He had a great shot last season. Uh, he's been competitive against the Ducks. But I think he's got his best shot here with Dorian Thompson Robinson, and you know we've talked a lot about him on this podcast the last two weeks. Has made 42 starts in Chip Kelly's offense. Uh, he's set, completing 74.8 percent of his passes this year, 15 TDs, two picks. He's not making the costly mistakes. Zach Charbonnet's got 615 rushing yards, 7.1 per carry. There's a lot to like about this UCLA offense. I think the UCLA defense is much improved. Now that Chip Kelly finally changed defensive coordinators in the offseason, that's made a big difference. On the flip side, how about Bo Nix? He's not turning the ball over like he was at Auburn. He's not facing the same level of defenses he faced in the SEC, but he's playing a lot better. And uh, I just think this is going to be a a very competitive, down-to-the-wire type of game, Tim. Could be similar to what we just watched in USC and Utah, uh, so I'm taking the points with the dog here, knowing full well that this could be another one of those public dogs or square dogs, whatever you want to call it. But, uh, hey, some, that's what they called USC last week, too, and how'd that work out? USC,
0: the the Tennessee, those were yeah. those were the public dogs, and uh, the public were, uh, were very happy about it. And, uh, you know, to quote... Uh, Huey Lewis in the news for a second straight week. Hey, it was hip to be square, I guess. Uh, last week you were on Tennessee. Uh, like I said, fortunately, you and I both took the money line on Utah because uh, there was, I don't want to say no chance, but it didn't feel great to, uh, to get the cover there if you laid three and a half.
1: Yeah, I want to say this too because Tennessee uh, was drawing a lot of sharp money last week. I know a lot of sharps who were on Tennessee. So anybody who says that was a, a public dog... Doesn't know what they're talking about. Now, as far as the USC, Utah game is a little bit different. And how would you feel about Kyle Whittingham going for two? Because oh, I loved it. Grande Cajones <laughs> going for two, you know, and you have Cameron Rising running in. You get to win 43-42. But if you laid, let's say you laid three in the game, you wanted overtime. Yep. But I was fine with the way it went. Utah scored touchdowns on five of its final six possessions, and the only time they didn't, they fumbled at the three-yard line. And that's how... I think uh, how worn down that USC defense was in the second half.
0: And you have to uh, play into your handicap each and every week that USC will pull a rabbit out of its hat defensively and get a turnover at sure. the goal line. It, it's been it's been unbelievable. Uh, and then, uh, as you know, I was very calm. When the Pac-12 referees decided to put five seconds magically back on the clock there for (laughs) USC, you know me very well. Uh I just witnessed Notre Dame absolutely crap their pants against Stanford. Now I'm trying to will home Utah, and they put five seconds Uh back on the clock magically. But nothing suspicious, nothing to see here. No, yeah, just an inadvertent whistle. Let's add more time on. But uh, a couple notes. I think
1: USC is now plus 15 in turnover margin. It's insane. It it is. It truly is remarkable when you look
0: at the uh, the turnover. Fortune that the Trojans have had this year, Uh, UCLA five and one ATS on the road since uh, the start of last season and uh, Oregon in their last eight games as a favorite. These courtesy of ESPN stats and information, six, one and one ATS. All right. So you are rolling with the Bruins in that uh, spot. Take the points. We'll see if it gets to seven. You can put me down for plus six and a half, plus six and a half. And we will uh, recap all our best bets. Let's go to uh, Clemson, South Carolina. Noon Eastern kick between two top 15 teams like we all predicted preseason Syracuse and Clemson, a top 15 showdown Mm -hmm. here in late October. Uh, this was a game, actually, Matt, that I wrote up for VEASAN.com, and I'm not taking the points. I'm laying the points here with, uh, with Clemson, and uh, I won't try to go full dissertation, but there were a couple things that really made me jump on Clemson here. Clemson missed 24 tackles last week against Florida State, and they gave up 206 rushing yards. This is a defense, Matt, that's still top five in the country in rushing defense despite the fact giving up 206 rushing yards. And their defensive line coach came out on Monday and absolutely threw his defensive line under the bus. And I think in a good way. He said, quote, it starts inside your heart. I'm not the Wizard of Oz or Jesus. Some things you have to be born with, but it's my job to make sure guys are ready. And I think they'll be ready on Saturday against this Syracuse team. When you look at who is their best player, it's Sean Tucker. They're running back all ACC last year. But what's interesting, Matt, when you take a look at Sean Tucker, who rushed for 157 yards last year against this Clemson team, against power five opponents this year, He's really not been lighting it up. 73 yards per game, 3.95 yards per carry. He had 42 yards on 18 attempts against Purdue. He had 60 yards on 21 attempts and a fortunate win against Virginia. And uh, you go back to that Purdue game. I know you watched it. um, (laughs) 18% post-game win expectancy for Syracuse in that 31-29 game. There was some shadiness with some refereeing. Again, nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. And, you know, a lot of people have pointed out the fact that that Syracuse has been a covering machine, which is true. They have been soft schedule. They're five and one ATS this year. They have one road game. Shouts to uh, Mm. John Goulet, program director here at VSN, because they went to the rent at UConn and got that win. And then people pointed out, well, you know, they've really fared well against top five competition. Okay, let's take a look at those games. In 2020, they were a 47-point underdog and a 34-point underdog to Clemson and Notre Dame. They covered both of those games. They were a 27-point underdog in 2019 to Clemson. They did not cover that game. 25-point underdog in 2018 to Clemson, they covered that game. They were a 23-point underdog in 2017, and they won that game outright. But the difference, Matt, that I look at here is the one game in this stretch where they were actually ranked and had expectations, that was Notre Dame in 2018 at Yankee Stadium. They were only a 10-point underdog. They were 12th in the country entering that game. I remember that. It was a very public dog side. They lost by 33 points. Mm -hmm. I don't think Syracuse is of the same class as Clemson, and I think Clemson's starting to figure things out here. So I know it's uh, tantalizing to take the points with, uh, with Syracuse here, and Clemson maybe not a vintage Clemson team. I think they take care of business, and I think they win running away.
1: Okay, uh, I'm not going to disagree with you. I think um, if you look at Syracuse up to this point, the schedule's been soft. Uh, I am happy with the Orange right now because last week, I think you and I were on the same side. Did you lay the three in that uh, game against NC State? I did not. I know you did. Yeah. That was a winner for you. Easy I winner. I could not understand why that line was so cheap last
0: week. And Devin Leary's backup, I a name escapes me, doesn't matter. He's not Devin Leary.
1: Not even close. Yeah, uh, but that, that was a good win for Syracuse. Even though Devin Leary was not out there, uh, you were, I think, buying uh, <laughs> buying Syracuse really cheap last week. Uh, as far as you just you just mentioned all those big point spread numbers, so the the bargain numbers are gone. I think on on Syracuse at this point, point. and uh, this is exactly what I made the number Tim. I made this number thirteen. So. Uh, and it's not a situation where I'm looking to play Syracuse. Like P.J. Fleck said when uh, he was about to face Purdue that week, he said Purdue did not lose that game at Syracuse. That was not a loss. Right. Basically, what he was saying, in other words, the officials stole that game at the end. And if you watch it, that's exactly what happened. And a Purdue defense did a great job of shutting down Sean Tucker in that game. 42 the, yards. You think the Purdue defensive front compares to Clemson? No. And okay. especially,
0: and I love the fact that they were called out Going into this week, you know, sometimes you can get sleepy spots. I think when you have a coaching staff calling you out publicly, when you're as talented as that front is for Clemson, that's where I think we get the best from this team. And once again, Syracuse—they've really benefited from playing these games at home. Um, you know, you 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 eke past a Virginia team that's not very good. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see come Saturday afternoon if uh, if I'm happy. But I think Clemson wins this game. Uh, comfortably You know, one thing Syracuse. you didn't mention
1: in that whole dissertation you did there was that uh, DJ Weungalele has played so much better. Yes. You know, we were talking about, oh, well, he's going to have to be benched at some point. uh Dabo's going to have Klubnick. to make a quarterback switch. You got to give D- uh, DJ credit. He's played much better. Yeah, yes. All
0: right, let's uh, keep it rolling here. Texas at Oklahoma State. This will be a 3.30 Eastern kickoff, Matt, on ABC. Texas uh right now at time of record a six and a half point favorite a total of 61 and uh texas you and i both were on iowa state last week we love the situation off the oklahoma game maybe peeking ahead to oklahoma state oklahoma state in a thriller loses in double overtime to tcu now they're at home um last week there were a lot of rumors that spencer sanders would not be playing he did play Played Well, and he did play well. Now there, are once again rumors. He may not be playing. I'm not falling for it, but the line is telling you something here. Uh, I don't have a play on this game. Texas has continued to impress me despite, you know, last week being fortunate against Iowa State. Anything you see here against Oklahoma State, a spot where certainly, uh, you know, Gundy thrives
1: as an underdog. Well, you just took the words right out of my mouth. I'm not kidding. I like Mike Gundy much better as an underdog, and I'm not going to lay the points here. I know some some sharp players who were laying it with Texas this week, and you know, it's easy to be impressed by Quinn Ewers. I think he's a big-time quarterback. Michael Lombardi was asking me about it a couple weeks ago because he hadn't had a chance to really study uh, tape on Ewers yet. As, you know, he, uh, Tim, you've watched him. He can spin it. He's got the look, the build of a, uh, I think, a, franchise quarterback in the NFL he was a five star a true five star for a reason and uh Quinn Ewers doesn't go down we've said it many times Texas beats Alabama that day so I think uh with Ewers in there Texas is a tougher team to bet against but uh this number it's seven six and a half seven right around there that's too much for me I'm not going to lay it with the longhorns here because uh the way you ended uh your question Mike Gundy is he better as an underdog? No doubt about it. A couple little nuggets for this game. Uh, you look at Oklahoma State
0: and and Mike Gundy in this underdog role. Uh, they are 16-4-1 ATS against ranked opponents mm-hmm. since the start of the 2018 season. 10-1-1 ATS in Big 12 play since the start of last season. And 5-0 ATS as an underdog. Yeah. since last season and you go
1: back to the big 12 championship game what was he a favorite
0: uh, yep. against Baylor
1: and then he got beat
0: all right another big 12 game and is TCU finally going to run out of gas if they don't do so here next weekend we're loading up when they go on the road to West Virginia but TCU lay in three and a half uh, I had TCU in a moneyline parlay last week that did not come home because uh, Tommy DeVito started for Illinois. We thought it would be Art Sitkowski, it was not, and that uh, that went up in flames. But TCU, you look at the stretch that they've been on here, Matt, and you go back to the rivalry game against SMU. Sonny Dykes' old squad, they win that game. They throw up 600 plus yards against Oklahoma. They go to Lawrence. College game day's there. They beat the Jayhawks by seven. And then last week, double overtime win over Oklahoma State. And TCU has now catapulted into the top 10. This is a night game at home. So you know that the environment will be really good. But this is another team. And I know, Matt, you love to back Chris Kleiman, another guy, as an underdog here. So K-State, the Purple Cats, catching three and a half. Yeah. Look at that smile on your face. Well,
1: that's you're right about that, Chris Kleiman. I do like to back him as a dog, especially against Oklahoma. But he's good as, as a dog against TCU, too. K-State has uh, beat TCU three times in a row, Tim. Covered four in a row. And the, four years ago in that game, I believe K-State was a 10-point dog and lost by one. So if you look at the recent history of uh, the TCU-K-State series, you're going to look... At the K-State side. But uh, to me, this is all about which team has more gas in the in the tank at this point. And it's got to be K-State. Off a of bye week, yep. facing a TCU team that just had four consecutive big games. SMU, Oklahoma, Kansas, Oklahoma State. And uh, I thought that Spencer Sanders actually played his butt off last week. And Oklahoma State probably should have won that game. I thought TCU was a little bit fortunate to come back and win it. Uh, So off of everything I watched in that game, I was looking to play against TCU this week. I think it's probably got to be a bit of a letdown spot for a team that's had so many big games in a row. And also, K-State is legit. And uh, here's the thing. Adrian Martinez was a turnover machine (laughs) at Nebraska. But now, uh, you know, he's got... uh, Zero. He's got a new coaching staff that's kind of turned him around. He's got 138 pass attempts this season. No picks. Deuce Vaughn has 1,207. Actually, Adrian Martinez and Deuce, Deuce Vaughn combined for 1,207 rushing yards and 12 touchdowns. So you got a quarterback who's not throwing picks, two guys who can move the ball on the ground. Everything here points to uh, K-State. I took this. This is the first bet I made this week at plus five. Wow. You know, three and a half is still a playable number, so uh, on K-State for sure.
0: Here. Yeah, i join you uh, on the K-State side here. Um you know, next week, if they are to get past this, is a great spot to fade TCU as they had to go to have to go to Morgantown, what will be a very sleepy spot. But you know, Kansas State. Now, all these games aren't under Chris Kleiman, but uh, against top ten opponents, it's 2010, eight two and one ATS, and TCU as a home favorite. This is pretty staggering, eight twenty two and one against the spread since 2016 so i'm with you i think the purple cats are live here and uh, should be able to keep this thing close and you know coming off a bye for k-state as opposed to a double overtime thriller you know a, a week prior coming down to the wire against kansas i mean it has been game after game after game here for tcu uh, for the Horned Frogs here. And and this is a team you got to remember, you know, the expectations were that high. So, how much talent really is on this roster? I mean, Johnston is really good. Duggan has played mm-hmm. above his head. All right, final game of the ma- main course. And you've got the old, under uh, the unranked team, Matt is a favorite against a top 10 team mm-hmm. as LSU is laying a point and a half, actually some spots. I think I saw up to two and a half. It is up to two and a half at some spots. Against yeah. Ole Miss. I went ahead and took the money line earlier this week on uh, LSU. I laid a twenty, which would have loved to get a, a plus price. But it's certainly telling that you look across the board and there's even a three out there in favor of LSU. And uh, I, I think there's a side that you like too. I mean, we talked about Syracuse. Who have they played so far? You could argue the same thing about Ole Miss. Their best win is against Kentucky, and that's a good win, but Will Levis dislocated his finger in the second quarter of that game. He had two fumbles. He was so banged up, he ended up not playing the following week against South Carolina, a game in which Kentucky lost outright. And... Then I look at LSU, and it feels like they're starting to figure things out. Kayshawn Booty, the All-American wide receiver, had his best game by far of was, the season. I think it's Bootay.
1: Bootay, But if you want to call him Booty, yeah, that's fine. fine, too. Yeah,
0: one of those two. I don't know. One of those. We'll have to call Jimmy Ott and see what he thinks. <laughs> what's the correct pronunciation? But he had a buck 15 through the air. Uh, his season high prior to that was just 42 yards, so... Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm with the the dog, or, or excuse me, with the favorite here. I like LSU to take care of business and hand uh, Lane Kiffin's squad its uh, first loss of the year. This is not uh-huh. a typical Ole Miss, you know, like we saw last year airing it out. They're a run-based team, and, uh, you know, if, if LSU is able to figure that out and slow them down
1: and you need Jackson Dart to beat you, that's a risk I'm willing to take. Well, here's the, the deal with the uh, Ole Miss offense right now. It's – Definitely a run-based offense. And I I think maybe Lane Kiffin doesn't have full confidence in Jackson Dart as a passing quarterback right now. He's still a very young quarterback. But I I thought they would be throwing the ball a lot more at Ole Miss than they have been. And Jackson Dart's a dual-threat quarterback. So... You know both their running backs, I understand though, why. I Judkins
0: mean, yeah, and Evans, yeah. they're they're really good. I mean, you know they they've combined for over 1,300 yards so far, so it's impressive what they've been able to do. But you're going on the road. Are you going to be able to control the trenches against an LSU team uh, that you know over year after year, more often
1: than not, they have a pretty strong defensive line. I don't think there's a lot of mystery to what Mississippi is running offensively right now. So if you got the personnel. To stop it, you should be able to stop it, and that's why I kind of like LSU in this matchup. I bet three games right away this week, uh, K-State plus five, LSU plus one and a half, and I'll talk about the third one in a few minutes. But uh, the one hesitation I had, I was thinking about this game Sunday night, was can Jaden Daniels uh, back up the perfect game he threw in Gainesville last week? Tim, that's essentially what he did because LSU won that game of to 45-35, or we're talking about all the great games we watched last Saturday. The game at the Swamp was incredible, too. Yeah. With uh, Jaden Daniels and Anthony Richardson going head-to-head in that game. And LSU won by 10. And uh, Daniels had 393 total yards and six touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. I, it kind of it, it caused you a little bit of concern because you say, can he do that on back-to-back weeks? That's by far the best game he's played. It was tremendous. Probably the best game I've seen him play in his career. And can he do it again this week? I will say that Brian Kelly is such a good quarterback coach that maybe uh, they have finally found something that clicks here. And uh, that's what I'm betting on is that I think LSU's got the defensive personnel to uh, slow down this Ole Miss offense. And I I do think that Brian Kelly, I thought all along, he was going to bring the best out of Jaden Daniels. I started to doubt that a couple weeks ago. If you watch the Auburn game, what's going on here? Then all of a sudden against uh, Florida, he looks sensational. So I'm back on LSU here, and um, uh, if you can lay two or just lay a cheap money line price, that'd be the way to go because you could have had plus one and a half. But that tells you that you're on the side of uh, some sharp money. Well, and, and last thing on this, you look at their last couple games, Ole Miss –
0: The defense, a lot to be desired. I mean, Auburn, Matt, was doing whatever they wanted. Auburn and Ole Miss. Excuse me, Auburn and Vanderbilt. Both teams had over 400 yards against this Ole Miss defense. That Once again, the defense is what stood up against Kentucky, but Kentucky had Chris Rodriguez back for the first time, coming off a suspension, and Will Levis had the dislocated finger and a couple big turnovers. So you look at the schedule so far, you know, LSU has certainly been more tested. You know, they, they played Tennessee. They got their butt whipped, but they still played Tennessee. They beat Mississippi State. Uh, they started the year neutral side against Florida State. Old Mrs. non-con was Troy, Central Arkansas, Georgia Tech, and Tulsa. And they struggled against uh, against Tulsa. So, there you have it, the main course. And let's get to those spicy matchups. Spicy matchups. All right, this is a top 25 showdown but it's also a big boy with a big spread, and that would be Mississippi State visiting Alabama, fresh off a 52-49 to loss to Tennessee. First time Nick Saban has lost Matt to Tennessee as the head coach of Alabama. Very uncharacteristic in uh, in multiple fronts, and I would say mostly uh, the 17 penalties by Alabama was was a bit jarring to see. Um, you know, questionable. Clock management, in my opinion, down the stretch there, leaving time for Tennessee to even try to drive down and ultimately kick the game-winning field goal. But is this a spot, Matt, where Alabama exercises the demons? Uh, If you look at how they've played against Mississippi State the last two years, they've outscored Mike Leach's squad 90-9. to And I believe the stat is Alabama... Awful loss their last seven times. They're 7-0 against the spread. They're laying 21 here against the Mississippi State team that is maybe coming down to earth a little bit. Lost to Kentucky on the road last week, uh, but they've had some big wins this year. Anything that you uh, see in this Alabama-Mississippi State game?
1: Well, I do think this is Mike Leach's uh, best team at Mississippi State. It's not even close. This is third year. He's got a quarterback, Will Rogers, who can uh, operate the, you know, pretty much every page of his playbook, and he's got a really good defense. But I, I don't care about the distant uh, trends in this series. All I care about is Mike Leach against Nick Saban. I think that's all that's relevant, and that's uh, one-sided in favor of Saban. Like you said, forty-nine to nine and forty-one to zero the last two years. And you're catching Saban off a loss. Do you think he's been any fun to be around no. this week? No, he is not. Not at all. Uh, so I don't want to bet against Bama here. And just based on how lopsided these last two games have been between Leach and Saban, uh, it would be Bama or pass. And uh, I think Bama first half might be a play you want to look at. Yeah, too. getting
0: back to the old uh, the old cash cow that was Bama first half. A lot of people jumping on that uh, over the years. Hasn't been as profitable this year. But if you're wondering what that first half line is, uh, looking at it right now, pulling it up, looks like Alabama is laying 13. So, yeah, that could be uh, something to take a look at. Another big boy laying a big spread is Ohio State. Ohio State taking on Iowa. Last time these two teams played, Matt, it's been a while, it was when Iowa put up 55 against the Buckeyes, what, five years ago at Mm -hmm. Kinnick? And uh, I believe Ryan Day even made mention of that this week, which is not a good thing. You don't want uh, you don't want that being on the radar of this Ohio State team. It almost feels like Ohio State is just kind of in cruise control right now. Can name the score: uh, 29, 29 and a half are the Buckeyes. Uh, a home game, noon, big noon kickoff against Iowa next week. Is this a potential look ahead? They go to Penn State uh, for another big noon kickoff there in Happy Valley. Uh, does Ohio State? name the score or is this maybe a little more painful than uh than the Buckeyes anticipate
1: good question uh actually I don't think it's necessarily a look-ahead spot even though that game at Happy Valley is not going to be easy on the whiteout night uh is that a night game no by it's the way? a day game it's a day game yeah it's okay, terrible so, for Penn State yeah Penn State'd be better off playing a night game in that situation but the way the Nittany Lions got run over by Michigan I don't think Ohio State's. Uh, going to be uh, too afraid of uh, that Penn State game right now, so I'm not going to say it's a major look-ahead spot, but I still wonder about the Buckeyes, Tim, because they haven't been tested really since they played your Fighting Irish in week one, and uh, that was a game that Notre Dame hung in, hung right there until, what, the final eight yeah. minutes or so, and uh, since then, Ohio State's played Arkansas State, Toledo, a bad Wisconsin team at the time, Rutgers, A bad Michigan State team. And uh, now Iowa, which has no offense. So, I made this number 31. If I was a bookmaker, I would not mess around here because who wants to bet on the Hawkeyes? (laughs) If you watch that offense, you're not going to be... We
0: did a couple weeks ago when they lost 9-6. to Got to cash that 3.5. Yeah,
1: that's that's the last time I want to bet on (laughs) Iowa. That's (laughs) pretty much... We we got lucky to uh, get out of there alive. I would say stay away from the Hawkeyes here. Uh, Iowa... Uh, Ohio State could almost, I think, uh, name the score in this spot. And I haven't said that about an Iowa game in quite a while, but this offense is just so bad, Tim, that uh, this has got like Big Ten title game disaster written all over Michigan beat Iowa 42 to 3. Yep. Why can't Ohio State win this game just like 52 to 10? And so. I do think, Matt, the fact that Ryan Day
0: was on the Ohio State staff in 2017. When Iowa won 55 to 24, as Mm -hmm. I mentioned, he said this week, he said, quote, that was a tough day for all of us. So, yeah, anytime you have a scare like that, it's real. And we've talked a lot about it to our staff. We've talked a lot about it to our players. We've talked a lot about it as an offensive staff. And we continue to talk about it. Yeah, I'll, I'll translate that. Yeah, good luck Iowa. Uh, so yeah.
1: that means the Buckeyes are fully focused on this. They're going to take care of business in the first three quarters, and then set the guys in the fourth. And maybe Iowa can get a garbage touchdown in the fourth
0: quarter. Yeah, and that's what the worry is. You know, laying those big numbers. That's why I said I
1: would just make. I would have made. I would have opened this number at thirty-one. And if you want to bet Iowa, good luck.
0: The final one I want to mention here in these spicy matchups because you should see the off the radar list we've got. Woo, buddy, it is. Uh, it's something. Uh, it is a night game. The night ABC game this week is uh, maybe a little less sexy after Minnesota lost last week to Illinois. Penn State off the loss and off of a really a thorough butt whipping at the hands of Michigan, giving up 400-plus yards on the ground. Uh, they're laying four. You could find a four-and-a-half out there if you like the dog in Minnesota. Uh, is this a get-right spot for Penn State? Did you see some holes in this Penn State team last weekend as uh, really the halftime score of 16 to 14 was not indicative of how much they had been dominated in that first half. And, you know, kind of a situation where you and I both like the dog a little bit. And it's uh, kind of betting 101 where you can reassess and say, you know what, this is a loser. I should go ahead and play the second half because that second half was all Michigan what do you expect in this game, and is there anything that uh, that jumps out at you? We don't know, also, the status of Sean Clifford. He's been a little bit banged up, and uh, I know there's been some rumors that the uh, the freshman could be stepping in there for Penn State
1: on Saturday night. Okay, so this is a wide-out night game in Happy Valley. I believe so, yes. Okay. Uh, all right, so I have information that it's 90% that Tanner Morgan, the Minnesota quarterback, is going to be out. Ooh. Uh, But you you also raised concerns with uh, Sean Clifford. Yeah. After uh, (laughs) the game in Ann Arbor last week, when uh, Sean Clifford's one big play was uh, actually made on the ground. I think if Tanner Morgan's out here, Minnesota's going to be in big trouble. And I would look to the Penn State side. In fact, I I don't think that news about Tanner Morgan is out there yet. Mm -hmm. Like I said, it's 90%. Last week, we also heard (laughs) Spencer Sanders was going to be out. (laughs) And that wasn't the case. We had
0: heard that... uh... Uh, that it would be Art Sitkowski instead of Tommy DeVito Mm. at Illinois, and that was not the case either.
1: Yeah, so you got to be careful about some of the injury info, but uh, that comes from a really good source. It's 90%. Tanner Morgan's not going to be out there. So I think if you're going to bet this game right now, you lay four with Penn State.
0: All right, there you go. Penn State, uh, take a look at that. All right, Matt, let's get to a loaded off-the-radar slate. Off the radar. And I want to start with a game. I don't know if I'm going to get involved, but I just got to bring it up because, you know, each week – on, uh, on V-CIN Prime primetime. I do the uh, the letdown spots. And it's just, you know, and, and this is something I know you handicap a little bit. There is no bigger letdown than Tennessee this week. Mm-hmm. However, UT Martin. You're playing UT Martin.
1: <laughs> FCS a, UT Martin. That was such a bummer, man. As soon as uh, the Tennessee uh, fans were storming the field, I, I flipped through the book. Who's Tennessee playing next week? <laughs> Damn it.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. So. <laughs> We won't know this line until maybe Saturday morning, yeah. maybe Friday afternoon. People I've talked to expected to be in the low 40s, maybe upper 30s based off of the letdown potential. Mm-hmm. You know, shouts to the Skyhawks. They are ranked in the FCS ranking, so it isn't complete and utter, you know, terrible team. Would there be any way to get involved yes. in Tennessee UT team Oh, Martin? yeah, for First sure. half,
1: what would you do? Uh, Full game? How would you play this? Depends on how big the number is. How big are you gonna make the number here, Tim? I would say first half will be north of twenty four. I was gonna say, you know, it would take something like that to get me interested in the game. I gotta it's gotta be at least a forty eight point spread and you gotta get about half of that in the first half. Yeah. And I actually think uh, the game might be a better bet too, because if the balls get up big, why are you gonna risk injury with any of your good players? You just sit those guys and play your third stringers uh in the fourth quarter, right? You got way too much on the line right now, you can't risk injury with any of your uh, really good players. All right, so keep an eye out. I mean, isn't that the way you would play it? Yeah. If you're I, up 35, say you're up 35-3 to three in the third quarter, why would anybody who's valuable to you uh, be on the
0: field? Well, now think about what's in front of Tennessee right now. National championship hopes. I mean, this is an SEC championship for the first time, and and Lord knows how long. Right. So, yeah, I would look at UT Martin. Hopefully we get something with a 4 that starts in front of them. Forty-two would be really nice if yeah, we I could was find for, that.
1: I was hoping for something around forty-five, but you know the odds makers are not idiots. Uh, they're going to take all of that. Unfortunately, they're not. No, it they're would not. be nice and if the they betting, were. And the betting there's a lot of sharp guys in the betting market who, too who will set that uh, number in the right spot if it's off when it opens. So that's something I think you'd have to jump on pretty quickly. So that game at noon on uh, on Saturday, SEC Network,
0: Tennessee, UT Martin. All right, a game that interests you a team that you've you've had a little bit of a relationship with here uh indiana the hoosiers are on the road at Rutgers. this is a very important game for me uh-huh. uh because i have under four and a half wins for indiana they have three and somehow some way matt they beat both illinois and western kentucky in games they had no business winning so now we're sweating this out and i really need the fighting greg chianos to take care of business there in piscataway Give me some hope.
1: Yeah, Does Rutgers take care of business I here? I like Rutgers here. I, it has not made my bets, best bet list yet, Tim, because I'm not sure how I'm going to play this game. But uh, here's a, the problem with Indiana. There's only a handful of teams in college football that have played eight straight weeks, and Indiana's one of those teams. And uh, with no break, and the bye is on deck for, here for the Hoosiers, I uh, actually think if you, if you watch the last two games, the Michigan and Maryland games, I thought the Hoosiers looked like a, uh, a a tired team, and a tired team hitting the road to face Rutgers this week is going to be a little bit of trouble. Plus, I think Greg Ciano, you got to have that. You got to have a huge target on this game if uh, you're on the Rutgers side. There's only so many games on your schedule you have a chance to win, and this is one. And you're a favorite. Rutgers blew the opportunity against Nebraska a couple weeks ago. I don't think the Scarlet Knights blow this one. Actually, like Rutgers here, I'm going to play it. I have not played it yet. I don't want to put Rutgers on my best bet list, but <laughs> it's going to be a bet that I make at some point here before Saturday. I think uh, if one handicap capping angle, I'll see if I can look up. I, I did all the teams this week. It's hard, Tim, as you know, to play your A game or even play your A or B game each week. And for these teams that have played uh, eight weeks in a row, I think you got to look to uh, fade those type of teams. Uh, Teams that are playing their eighth game in a row this week, facing an opponent that has rest uh, somewhat recently, Duke, Indiana, East Carolina, uh, Clemson, UTSA, Texas, Texas State, Maryland, Arkansas State. Those are some of the teams on the list. And I think you would want to look to fade those teams in this situation first.
0: All right. Well, hopefully Clemson is rested enough uh, to take on Syracuse, as we already talked about that game. Uh, another, uh, <laughs> I don't want it to be officially on my on my plays because I'll look like a complete and utter idiot if, in fact, uh, <laughs> it does come home or doesn't come home. Yeah. Uh, but let's talk about it. The team in this town that we live in, the UNLV Rebels, are heading to Notre Dame. And why would anyone want to back Notre Dame here? As uh, As the bear very astutely pointed out, and I didn't like it, but he had to do it. Uh, he said there have been 10 instances Matt this season of teams favored by greater than 16 points losing at home. Notre Dame is the only team to have had it happen twice. Yeah. And that of course Stanford last weekend, Marshall earlier this this uh this week. So the one thing I'll say about this for for Notre Dame, they now are feeling it, right? They've been called out, people want their coaches fired, they say they stink. And then you look at UNLV got off to a 4 and 1 start first time in Lord knows how long. Brumfield's hurt their quarterback. Aiden Robbins is not going to play They're They're starting running back. They're dealing with injuries on the offensive line at wide receiver. It, it does feel like UNLV, Matt, who hasn't been to a bowl in I don't know how long, long time. They've got Nevada a little bit later on. They've got Hawaii. They've got a bye week next week. As crazy as it sounds, it almost feels like the Rebels are saying, you know what? we'll go to Notre Dame, we'll get our check, let's just get back home. And we've seen the market, despite Notre Dame's struggles as a big favorite this year, 0-3 ATS as a favorite of more than a touchdown this year with two outright losses. The market, despite Notre Dame looking like crap last week, has actually backed the Irish, and it's up to 27 and a half. So, you know, I have put a little wager in on Notre Dame. I don't normally do that. Oh, okay. uh, but uh, it won't be a best bet. Here, here are... The yardage totals for UNLV the last two weeks without Brumfield. 179 last week against Air Force and 213 against San Jose State. The defense isn't the issue for Notre Dame. It's the offense. I I don't know how UNLV's scoring this week.
1: I think the Rebels will score, but not score much. I'll give you my score projection for this game, Tim. Uh, Tim Murray's fighting Irish 38. Mm Mm-hmm. Adam Hills running Rebels nine. I'm going <laughs> to give you 38 to nine this week. That'd be a cover. Uh, the, get a few field goals and that's about it. I think the um, the Rebels are completely outmatched without Doug Brumfield. The quarter, he's a. I, I don't think the average college football fan even knows who he is, but he's an extremely valuable quarterback to the UNLV team. And when he's out, the wheels fall off, and that's exactly what's happened here the last couple weeks. Uh, so. Notre Dame is catching UNLV at the right time. Let's put it that way. This is going to be one of those feel good Saturdays in South Bend. And Tim Murray's going to be able to kick back and he's going to have a smile on his face as the Irish win this game by about thirty. And the good news is if they do lose, no one will watch it because it's on Peacock. So
0: there you go. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yep, it's a Peacock that game. Yeah, it makes sense. All right. Let's get back to uh let's get back to Big Ten football. Purdue at Wisconsin, Matt. Uh you were on Michigan State last week. Great call. Outright win for Sparty. I was not. And uh, Wisconsin—that was a great call. It was a winner. Uh, Wisconsin—I was not on Michigan State. I thought you State. were on Michigan nah, State. No. no,
1: I can't take credit for oh, that. Oh, no. fine. I, I did say the number got too high. The Wisconsin number got too high, so it was not going to play the. Nah, let me check.
0: I thought you were on Michigan State. Man. No. Maybe not. All right. Well, regardless.
1: Probably Sean King or <laughs> <somebody
0: like
1: that. laughs> uh Regardless, I think he was a big Spartans guy
0: last year. Last year, year? Yeah. oh yeah, he loved him some. Uh, loved him some. Kenneth Walker. Wisconsin laying two, coming off of that loss against michigan state and uh, your boilermakers that you really can figure out either the fade follow you know what to do with the boilermakers so purdue catching two on the road at camp randall 330 eastern kickoff on espn
1: and the badgers looked pretty bad last week against uh, michigan state graham mertz has got def- decent numbers on the season but he's still struggling in the passing game braylon allen is one of the best running backs in the big 10 I think the uh, the key here is actually Purdue has had an advantage against a lot of opponents on the offensive and defensive lines. This Purdue team's pretty strong on both fronts, but that's not really going to be an advantage this week in Madison. And uh, still, Tim, to me it comes down to how hard are the Badgers playing for Jim Leonard? Really hard because he's auditioning for this job. They love the coach. They want him to get the job. Yeah, they stumbled on the road last week in East Lansing, but two weeks ago – uh, the Badgers went to uh, Evanston and blew out the Northwestern Purple Cats. They looked really good in that game, and that's why the that number was steamed up against Michigan State. It got up to 7.5 on the road, and for Wisconsin to open 1.5 or 2 in this game, I thought it was a really cheap price. I made the number 3.5. Wisconsin has won 15 in a row in this series. 15 straight. 12-3 and three against the number. And... Uh, it would be a huge, huge win if Purdue could go to Madison and get it, but I haven't seen it happen in 20 years, so I'm not going to bet on it. And I also think this uh, Purdue team, especially on the defensive side, has shown a lot of uh, has shown a lot of signs of being fatigued here the last couple of weeks, giving up a lot of points and a lot of yards to Maryland and Nebraska.
0: All right, Wisconsin laying the short price. Yeah, I laid
1: one and a half with the Badgers. That was the I talked about the three bets I made right away this week. That was the third. I want to get to a game
0: that interests me, but I don't know the quarterback situation. And that's what makes me pause. And that would be Liberty hosting BYU. BYU's back-to-back last two games, Matt. Arkansas last Mm -hmm. week. Notre Dame here in Las Vegas two weeks prior. They've already played Oregon. They beat Baylor at home. All those teams were either ranked or for Notre Dame, you know, saw out crowd here in Las Vegas. Now they have to go on the road to Liberty. Liberty's uh, football team put out a tweet this week of Hugh Freeze talking to the team, and he said, without a doubt, this is the biggest home football game the program has ever had. Okay, BYU coming to Lynchburg, Virginia, the number seven right now in favor of BYU. Charlie Brewer, the Baylor transfer, broke his thumb the first game of the season had pins put in. He has had the pins removed. He has been practicing. Hugh Freeze on Thursday said, quote, Charlie wants to play badly. He's not ready today, in my opinion, but he wants to play badly. It wouldn't shock me for us to try if, try if things aren't going well. I've got to see how he improves. He doesn't have enough flexibility in his hand to make me feel confident he can make every throw he needs to make for us to win this game. But I'm hopeful that, that it gets better before Saturday. The quarterback situation is not great with Jonathan Bennett, uh, because it looks like uh Kaden Salter, who had surgery on his groin, is gonna be out. If Charlie Brewer plays, I really like L Liberty in this spot. I just the 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 worry and hesitation I have here is I don't know about the quarterback situation, but I think this is situationally a horrible spot for BYU. <laughs> oh, no doubt. Horrible.
1: About it. No doubt about it. And I know um, a couple of sharp betters who like BYU in this spot, but I can't get on that side. I, I just watched BYU get manhandled up front by Notre Dame and Arkansas. The BYU defense didn't have a prayer of stopping that Arkansas offense last week, Tim. It was ugly, and I think this team's beat up and in a bad bad spot here against Liberty. And you said Charlie Brewer wants to play badly. The last several times I've watched Charlie Brewer play quarterback, he's just played bad. <laughs> he's been bad, right? So I don't really care that much if he plays, but is it that much of a drop-off to the backups? The backup, no, the third string, yes, and that's what—that's uh, unfortunately what they're what they're dealing with there. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to pass on this, but the situation—if you're a situational handicapper—you would be on Liberty.
0: By the way, Arkansas had 644 yards of offense last week, 277 oh. on the sick. ground. Yeah. Uh, sellout crowd down there at Liberty uh, on when Saturday afternoon. Just
1: gets overpowered and completely steamrolled like that. It's not a team you really want to bet the next week when it goes on the road, right? Lay in points too, yeah. and we've seen them struggle. I mean,
0: the last two weeks, Matt, they gave up 496 to Notre Dame, uh, lost that by you know yardage by 216, and then 644 to Arkansas. And look, we saw what Notre Dame's offense is capable of. If sometimes look like at last week. Speaking of which, is this a letdown spot for Stanford? Stanford is now a favorite, Matt. For the first time over an FBS opponent, I think since last October. That's true. Arizona State's coming off a bye. Uh, I took the three with Arizona State. I think situationally, it's just a good spot. Arizona State seemed to show some life. Uh, a pulse after Herm Edwards was fired. Uh, looks like Emory Jones will be back for Arizona State here in this spot, coming off a concussion. So they're coming off a bye. Stanford's got to be feeling good about themselves. Now they're in the role of a favorite, uh, which they haven't been in for, I think, 15 or 16 games against FBS opponents. So uh, I'm going to take the Sun Devils here, plus the three on the road at Stanford.
1: Yeah, it's kind of tough to uh, back the Cardinal in this spot, even though two weeks ago the Cardinals should have beat Oregon State. That was just a stunning last-second loss, essentially, that uh, never should have happened. And then how Stanford went on the road to beat Notre Dame, I have no idea. I have no. That's just that's one of those type of games that gets a coach fired, and uh, all the goodwill that Marcus Freeman has built up, the honeymoon is over, and uh, that was inexcusable, Tim. Uh, I don't have to tell you. It's there's no way Notre Dame should have lost that game last week, and this is all after EJ Smith, Stanford star running back, went down. They lost for the season, so it's a little bit surprising to me to see this team on an uptick and to where Stanford should have two uh, back, let's say back-to-back wins. Uh, I just don't feel comfortable weighing anything with the card here, uh, the Cardinals here and um not going to do it. Yeah.
0: I, I will take Arizona. If you say
1: state. Emory Jones is back for Arizona state, that's a big plus for the Sun Devils too. I had not seen that. Is that a fact?
0: Yeah. Uh, okay. They said uh, they're the interim coach. whose name is escaping me. said said, uh, he's, he's looking good. He's back at practice and uh, all signs are that he will be back. So uh, there are threes out there. I would take the three with Arizona State against Stanford here. Uh, that'll be a 1 o'clock local kick. So, uh, you know, rocking crowd there, I'm sure, at the farm uh, on a <laughs> Saturday afternoon. Plenty
1: of good seats available. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get have to Have you s- ever seen a game there, by the way? I have not. I love the Stanford campus. I love the stadium. It's a great place to see a game. But, man, the fans just don't get fired up for Stanford football. And so it's hard to get fired up for Shaw ball. Even when they were good, they really didn't yeah. get uh, that great of a of a crowd or or backing. All right.
0: Some more off the radar games that intrigue you. Why not go back to New Mexico state after that outright win a couple weeks ago, they're hosting San Jose state who uh, much to my chagrin, because I took a little flyer on the Spartans to win the mountain West Mm -hmm. at six to one, a couple weeks ago, lost to the Logan Fife led Fresno state bulldogs last weekend. So that was uh, not great, but uh, you're intrigued here by a, By the Aggies, the Jerry Kills at home. New Mexico State, I believe, is catching 21 and a half against the Spartans.
1: Yeah, I thought about, uh, you know, I was trying to figure out what the right Christmas present was for you. So um, (laughs) I came up, I I talked to a couple of your close friends, and we decided we're going to buy you and your wife round trip tickets to Las Cruces, oh, New Mexico beautiful. this week. We got you some tickets to the San Jose New Mexico State game.
0: It's exactly what is I wanted. Is that what you Matt? wanted? It is, you know, okay. local three thirty kickoff. What I couldn't expect a better better present. <laughs> Seeing San Jose State in person <laughs> against New Mexico State.
1: Man, this is it's one of those games that has zero interest unless you're betting on it. Nobody in the Gotta world cares betting. about this, huh? This is uh, this is why sports betting is popular. I'll be watching this game on my phone. <laughs> uh, I took 22 with uh, New Mexico State, and uh, uh, not a big bet, Tim. But I thought this number was out of whack. Uh, I actually made the number 14. What's wrong with me? Uh, New Mexico State off a 21 to nine win against uh, New Mexico last week. Now, if you look, if you want to laugh, look at the New Mexico State quarterbacks and their stats for the season going into last week's game against the Lobos. They had two touchdowns and 10 interceptions. And I think it played four quarterbacks at that point. But still, New Mexico State can, uh, does have an ability to run the ball. And uh, I don't think this is going to be a game where San Jose State's going to just blow the Aggies off the field here. So I I took 22 with a very ugly dog. But don't write that down for me. That's not one one of my (laughs) best bets. And that's not something I want people to follow me on necessarily and say, Damn it, you told me to take New Mexico State <laughs> and they got blown out. You never know what can happen well, with two really bad teams, or especially when you bet on a really bad team. But I thought this number was out of line and I just took the 22.
0: Matt, I just got off the phone. Uh, my wife is so grateful. But you can't go? Uh, for she, the trip to, to Las Saturday, Cruces. Saturday? So okay. she actually just booked you a trip to Fort Collins, Colorado. I've been there many times. Uh, to to <laughs> take in Colorado State and Hawaii. I wanted
1: to send you and your wife somewhere you've never been. That's why I picked Las Cruces. <laughs> have you ever been there? I have not been see? to Las Cruces. I have been to Albuquerque. I've I have been not to Fort been. Collins many, many times. Well,
0: we thought <clears> you would really enjoy it after Hawaii got you that win late yep. night to see the bows in person. Are you going to fade The Timmy
1: Changs fresh off of a win against Nevada this week? Our buddy Doug Kazarian at ESPN uh, called me last night. He wanted to talk about this game, and I said, Doug, last week was the time to take Hawaii. (laughs) You know, we talked about this all week. (laughs) That was the spot to play against the Nevada Wolf Pack off that depressing loss. It's kind of like a Bermuda Triangle situation where Colorado State played Reno, Reno played Hawaii, and now Hawaii plays Colorado State. And last week, the Wolf Pack off that depressing loss... Going to the islands, laying points—that was a perfect spot to play Hawaii. Uh, but now, Tim, where? Tell me where the point spread value is here. Last week, you're catching Hawaii plus six and a half at home against a, a Reno team that's no good. But now, you're only catching five, five and a half in Fort Collins. So the, the value is just not there with Hawaii. That's it. Simple handicap. Not enough points to take it, even though Colorado State is a, a miserable team, and you should say should not be laying <laughs> five and a half to anybody. Uh, there's just not enough point spread value there for me to take Hawaii. Well, I would have to have seven or seven and a half to think about.
0: The uh, the Jay Norvell's right now, uh, 2-0 and ATS, their last two games covered last weekend against Utah State. So yeah. uh, stop them while they're red hot. You know, we're not going to stop. Keep going with the Mountain West, baby. Let's go down to Albuquerque, Fresno State, off a big win over um, over San Jose State. Uh, what I don't know the latest on Jake Hayner. Uh, but this is uh, Fresno State laying 10 and a half against the Lobos, a, a Lobos team that I feel
1: like you have a love-hate relationship with this year. That's true, and I'm going to hate it if this team cannot get over two and a half wins and uh, stuck on two, could not get the win against Mexico State last week. This is a game, JVT called me for the um, opening lines report on his uh, Sunday morning show, and Tim... Uh, I made Fresno without Jake Hayner a one-point favorite, and with Jake Hayner an 11-point favorite. Matt Metcalf here at Circa opened this line 13. So I assumed when he opened that 13 that he knew for sure that Jake Hainer is going to come back and make his first start since the USC game, but we don't have that confirmed yet, right? So what do you make this number, talking about Fresno State at New Mexico, if, if Hainer does not uh, play for the Bulldogs? Well, would I make it? JVT said he made New Mexico a favorite. I made Fresno wow. minus one. So I, this line tells you that Hainer's going to start, right? Yeah. He, he's It, gonna it play would seem that way, Fresno's yeah. Fresno's a 10 point 10 and a half point road favorite.
0: New Mexico is uh, coming off of that that gutting loss to New Mexico State that, that you were on last week.
1: what I was on New Mexico State. It, it's got to be depressing for the Lobos to get, <laughs> get beat 21-9 to nine in the battle of I-25. Uh, that's a big rivalry down there. But still, I, I kind of like the Lobos as dogs here. And uh, obviously, there's been some money since Circa opened that at 13. There's been a little bit of money on the Lobos to drive this down to 10, 10 and a half.
0: All right. One Mountain West game uh, that was mentioned on, uh, on v Prime Primetime from uh, from Brad Powers. And it got me intrigued. And I, uh, I ultimately did play it. And that would be Boise State. So they're going on the road to Air Force. 7 o'clock kickoff on CBS Sports Network uh talon green has taken over as a starting quarterback after hank bachmeyer decided to transfer Dirk cutter former boise state head coach is now the oc there he was an analyst they fired the oc they inserted uh Dirk cutter and this boise state team is starting to pick things up matt uh 35 13 win over san diego state a couple weeks ago all 35 of those points coming in the second half they cruise past fresno state now they're coming off a bye Extra time to prepare for Air Force and uh, Air Force. Is it fair to say, Matt, that Air Force has been a disappointment so far this year? <sighs> Big disappointment. Big loss at it's fair on so the that's road fair, Tim, on the road at Utah State on the road at Wyoming. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, once again, I, I know and you know some other sharp guys that are that are looking at the Broncos here. I took the three and a half and also played them on the money line. The threes are gone. It's down to two and a half. I even seen a one and a half out there. So it certainly feels like the steam is on uh, the Broncos here yeah. on the road at Air Force well, on you Saturday got, night. You're right
1: about that. And I think you got to feel good about the numbers you have in your pocket. you got three and a half and what else? You and,
0: and I took Moneyline plus 150.
1: Yeah, this number down to one and a half too. Yeah. Uh, Moneyline's down to, you know, plus 120. A lot of so. sharp support here for Boise and it makes sense. So it's the quarterback change from Bachmeyer, Dirk Ketter, uh, Ketter calling the plays. I think Boise has uh, turned things around a little bit, maybe just in time to save Andy Avalos' job, but uh, we'll see. That This would be a big win if Boise can get it. I I would not play this at less than a field goal, Tim. I think you got the right number, three and a half. Anything less than three, I'm not playing it.
0: All right, let's get to our Best Bets recap. Best Bet Recap. Matt, coming off an eight and three week. I got my pen ready. Uh, what are your official plays for the podcast. All right, at
1: today's numbers, K-State plus three and a half. Uh, we'll say LSU is a minus two and a half now? Uh, yes. Is there two out there? Uh, let me check. I was going to double check that. Uh, Wisconsin minus two. And uh, we're going to go with uh, UCLA plus six and a half.
0: Uh, you can get a juice two. Uh, it looks like a DraftKings on LSU.
1: Yeah, like I said, I, I took five with K-State. I took one and a half with LSU. But, I mean, those... Not big differences in those numbers, so I would still you know, recommend LSU as a two-point favorite. K-State plus three and a half. Wisconsin minus two. UCLA plus six and a half. So not as many plays this week, Tim, but those are four I do like.
0: All right. I will uh, echo you on LSU, uh, and I'll agree with Kansas State, so nothing different there. I did take the three with Arizona State. Uh, And I laid the 13 and a half with Clemson. Uh, Personally, I did uh, play a little bit on Notre Dame, and as we mentioned, uh, I do have Boise State plus three and a half, but that doesn't exist, so I can't uh, officially recommend that one. And the last one I'll say: keep an eye out for UT Martin. We got to figure out a way to play UT Mm -hmm. Martin uh, facing Tennessee early kickoff. That'll be noon Eastern against tennessee so a shorter list this week but hopefully as fruitful as last week for matt humans follow him on twitter at matt newmans 247 once again please rate review and subscribe to the v college football betting podcast we will talk to you on sunday with the lines reveal program hosted by jonathan von tobel i'm tim murray have a great weekend